Hello and welcome to Dissecting a Frog, the podcast about writing, performing and producing comedy. It's part of Comedy Victoria and hosted by me, Luke Morris. This week we talked to Jude Pearl, a wonderful musical artist and comedian who's had one of those roundabout ways to get into the comedy industry and just seems like she was always different, destined to arrive here. So uh, it's a great chat, a great chat about music and comedy and finding your voice. So please enjoy that. Um, I should mention and apologise. This episode is late. I've taken a bit of a hiatus from um, recording these. Uh, just the Benio Comedy Festival I mentioned in the last one and uh, Movember fundraiser happened and many admin duties behind the Comedy Victoria scenes created some time delay but we're back on track and new episodes have been recorded and I'm ready to spring them on you after I edit them. Uh, so that'll be great. Um, if you do enjoy this uh, recording with Jude and everything else that Comedy Victoria does, uh, please visit the website, become a member, comedyvictoria.com.au or follow Comedy Vic. But let's jump to the interview and dissect the frog of musical comedy with Jude Pearl. Let's start the let's start the conversation. Do you know what I I was writing down some questions to ask you, and the first thing that came to mind was how annoying it is it to carry the keyboard everywhere. It's I would say like it's mildly annoying, but not probably not as annoying as people might think. Wow, really? what a what an abstract answer to a very simple question. Yeah, I thought um, having to. I, I, Thought like having to dismantle it, remantle it, sound check. That's like as working in comedy, you're adding layers to what is normally just someone with a microphone, and yeah, that's it. But the, but what it gives me though is it makes me seem really like because it's giving me something to do, and therefore yeah. I feel more important somehow. <laughs> like because I have an activity that I have to do. The thing, the thing that is most frustrating about it is sometimes having to like get to gigs really early to do a sound check and when it's like a proper sound check it's fine but there are a lot of times when you in like smaller rooms that maybe aren't used to having music they're like the sound check is really more explaining to a venue what music is which can be kind of difficult sometimes (laughs) but like it's um that's it's more like having to get places way earlier and then getting a bit jealous of stand-up comedians who do like eight gigs in a night because they can just rock up five oh, minutes yeah. before their spot and then and then just head off to the next one and it's like you know but but I also love my keyboard very dearly so as much as it causes inconvenience it also brings me a lot of joy and my act would be so bad without it so, <laughs> so you know you got to take you got to take the good and the bad I never thought of that. Um, talking to it was Peter Jones in an, uh, an earlier interview oh, yeah. I did. He mentioned how he just found doing heaps of gigs, heaps of sets, was the best way to get better. Yeah. And there's there's obviously lots of other elements to it, but that was the that was his driving 
force the most. But for you, you've got to, I don't know, rehearse more at home and then hope it works on the night. Not hope, but obviously there's, like you said, you've got less stage time that you yeah, can and exactly. present on. And that's why I'm just never going to be as good as stand-up comedians. Oh, I don't that's get to not do... true. <laughs> no. I was like, because they, they do, um, I think the most gigs that I've been able to do in one night with the keyboard is is four. And Whoa. it was, but at, like during, it was probably during comedy festival when there's, a, there's just so many gigs on and all the gigs were within walking, like I sort of trolley my keyboard from one place to the other. So it's like a very, very unusual circumstances but like I do it it is pretty cool um like very for a very brief period of time like when I started doing comedy I did do a lot more stand-up sets without the keyboard and then I realized that I was not very (laughs) very good at stand-up and it was very hard and I was like no no I'm taking the keyboard with me but there was a period of time where I did try doing the like gig to gig thing as a stand up and it was really exciting like jumping from one gig one gig didn't go very well and then you just go to the next gig and then that gig goes well and then you just yeah. go to the, and it's it actually I can sort of see how addictive that would be as well so um I do get I do get a little jealous of stand up comedians sometimes for many things including oh, that oh, oh all right well, there's there's a lot of questions I want to ask within that mindset cuz um why add the degree of difficulty so you said <laughs> You said you, you did start out doing just normal stand-up. Yeah. Well, I was doing both. Like, I was doing music, comedy, and and also uh. try, trying to do stand Like, I was kind of mixing it up a little bit. And, um, yeah, like, I, I really – I had big aspirations to be able to do stand-up comedy because I've just always loved and admired people that can – like it's 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 still kind of in just so wild to me that someone could literally just stand and talk and yeah. have the audience in the palm of their hands just by just from talking like that's so wild to me like I always feel like music but isn't isn't yeah. music a language as well it's, I guess it's it it's totally it's like you could say the same thing about music for sure but I think there's something about like when I, I feel like because music has, um, maybe there's like more smoke and mirrors with it. Uh, like okay. because I think maybe because stand up appears, even though it's so much more complicated than this, obviously, but it appears to just be talking. Like I think that's why a lot of people possibly think, oh yeah, I could do stand up, and then they do it and they realize how <laughs> how <laughs> difficult it is. But because it just appears to be a person standing and talking. There's this element of like, it's so it seems so simple, and of course you know you and I know that it isn't. But like with music, there's all these other elements that I don't think people look at music as much and go, yeah, oh yeah, I could do that because it's like it's kind of got these. There's it's almost like the opposite. Like people look at music and they're like, oh, that's none of my business. I don't I don't know how that that's, works. That's what yeah. I thought. I was thinking that music is so much harder because. Where you've got to, you got to write music, and then you got to add words to it, and then you got to perform those things. Like there's, you've you've added a degree, of, you've added a hurdle. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah. I, I mean, I guess you could sort of 
argue it either way, but from my perspective, like, at, because before I was doing comedy, I was doing, like, you know, normal music, like not non-comedy music. Yeah. And um, having performed in front of music audiences and then comedy audiences, I think what I've noticed is that when you're playing songs, people, the audience expectation of you is so much less, like the stakes are so not as high. Like, of course you have to do a good job and you have to engage the audience, but it's like people, if people aren't into what you're doing, it's not quite as personal as if you're doing comedy and people don't find it funny. It's, it just feels like the, the audience, the comedy audiences are expecting so much more of you. And, and I think part of that is because music has these rules about it that people understand that they don't uh, understand. Yeah. Whereas comedy is like really deceptive in that it looks easy, but it's so difficult. Like, um, it, you know, it's, there's obviously rules of comedy. There's so many things about it, but it to a person who maybe hasn't thought about it much, they could see someone doing stand up and going, that's not that complicated. It's just a person yeah. talking. Yeah. Just, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Oh, well, I think to me and the listening audience, it would because <laughs> it's the writing and all the work that goes off stage and people just think it's just naturally talking on stage. Yes. Whereas with music, maybe what you're, maybe what you're alluding to is that people know that you haven't just thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be pretty impressive for you to just walk up to the, keyboard and do a song for the very first time and it, it working be, perfect yeah and if people are thinking that that's what i'm doing they are in for a very rude shock <laughs> when they hear me do the songs again another time um no that's I'm, a catchy thing no, that's the thing about music though because music can work twice not just twice but you know people listen to some people buy your albums jude i don't know if you've noticed <laughs> it happens <laughs> You were on stage doing one of your own releases. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's what that is wild. I I um I I'm very thankful that anyone <laughs> would would buy it. But yeah, it's and I guess that's why I feel like as even as a music comedian, I I feel like I get away with so much more than a stand-up comedian. Like even repeating material, like sometimes it still blows my mind the way that people are like shocked when they hear a stand-up comic do material that they've heard before. Oh, yeah. And it's like having to have this conversation where you go, you know that like they can't write brand new material every single time they go yeah. on, st <laughs> on stage. And whereas um, people will listen to comedy songs again, like they'll be more willing to, I, I mean, generally speaking, people seem to be more okay to hear songs again. Um, but Is, it, I, is yeah. there any reason to that? Have you thought about why that's a thing? I mean, because that's not just comedy songs. I think all, all music, there's a... Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess... Uh, I mean, I guess that's just kind of... Mus music has that, like, hypnotic, um, you know, you... You just want to hear it. You you know you want to hear it again. I I mean, but I actually feel that way about stand up. Like I love yeah. hearing the same 
jo- like you know it's it's probably not okay that I do this but sometimes like if I'm on a gig with you know a, a stand-up comic and I'm like oh can you please do this bit like yeah. I've just been thinking about this bit I saw you do it a year ago and I just really want to hear it again and <clears throat> it's it's like it feels like the way that you know you're like I need to hear that song again because I can't quite yeah. remember how it goes so so I I love hearing like stand-up bits again and again the same way I love hearing songs again so Maybe that disproves that theory because I know exactly what you mean. And I know plenty of comedians who do the same thing. When we book acts um, in regional Victoria, sometimes it's – and when you come up, can you do that bit about KFC? Because we <laughs> we really liked that and we'd like to see it live. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, when you talked about the Wolves of Comedy, uh, the Wolves within music, I'll bring up the question that is the disparaging remark about com- um, musical comedy, <laughs> and that's that there's the wall that at the end of a song people clap. Yes. And they give you a, a – no, well, not you specifically, but music comedy gets a tokenistic round of applause that yes. other people don't. And it, it's, a, it's a mean thing, but it, I mean – there is a, a trope of clapping after someone's played a musical instrument to a degree. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you how do you take that? How do you see that was happening? Well, I mean, it's totally true, and that's why I feel like when I said before, you know, that I feel like sometimes I get away with a lot more than stand up, like musical acts generally. I think get away with a lot more than stand up comedy acts or like sketch com like you know people that are not using because you're right music is it has these rules and these structures that people are more aware of and and one of those things is that you clap at the end of the song even like how you have to think about how bad a song would be for an audience to not clap at the (laughs) end of it like it would have to be an like even i've seen like train wrecks and I, you know, and I've been a part of train wrecks on stage and the audience will still clap at the end of the song. And that's just (laughs) such an ingrained thing, you know, song finishes clap. And, and like, you know, there's a lot of songs that I've uh, written or that are in my full shows that are like, you know, not all of my songs are like um, laugh out loud comedy. Like, you know, there's, there's, I, I try to allow a bit of breathing space because, you know, um, I like also, I just love songs so much and sometimes yeah. I just want to express something else and doing it in uh, trying to make people laugh every 15 seconds kind of way isn't always the best way for me. But, um, and people will allow a song that isn't that funny in a comedy show like uh, yeah I, and i see it all the time so yeah i mean and people will still clap at the end so yeah I, do, do you think that's i i don't think that you when you say that you you, you try you don't try and make a show that's 15 a joke every 15 seconds but i think i i find audiences actually enjoy when you do if it's within the tone of the story or the or the show or what you're trying to create, take that moment and tell something that that works. And you know the yeah. comedy will will 
has to come into the story that you're telling. Otherwise, it's not a comedy. But you, sure. you, you can't do a joke every 15 <laughs> seconds and still tell a story that has the hero's journey in it. Yeah. You need to have struggles that might not always be a joke a second. Yes, ab- totally. And it it's um, – I have to, like, give a lot of credit to my friend Desiree Munro who just directed – my last two shows who's kind of really helped me like understand like what kind of laughs you want. Like, cause I think because I had come into comedy from music, like I, I'm so like music has been my background since I was a kid. And, and then yeah. it was like, I was so scared of losing people and not being funny enough that I, it's like, I didn't really care how I got, laughs at the beginning and she was really good at helping me understand that like sometimes you've got to sacrifice this kind of laugh because you want to communicate this and sometimes the laughter helps communicate something but it's like you're pretty much exactly what you just said where it's like you've you're trying to tell a story and like what's the best way to tell that story sometimes comedy is the like sometimes in this moment comedy will be the best way and sometimes in this moment it's like taking a breather from that and giving the audience a chance to like take it in in a different yeah. way um, but what do, what do you mean by choosing the last or, or um yeah i guess like um i if i kind of thought of something that like i think this will be funny if i do this or if i say this in a particular way yeah um and then i would sort of rehearse it with with Desiree like when we were working on the last couple of shows and she would sort of say like look you'll probably get a laugh if you do it this way but when you do it when you kind of aim for the laugh there you're sort of taking away from what you're actually trying to say because you're just focused on getting a laugh like you're saying this in a funny way I mean obviously this would be helpful if I could think of a specific example (laughs) but um unfortunately it's all left my head immediately but um no but that sounds like that that scenario where you're you put in a laugh because that's what you're trying to do as a comic yeah but yeah if that's not the emotion that you need in that scene like writing a a film or a play which is basically what a solo show is whether people like to think of it that way or not you're making a one person's play yeah if if the if the laugh isn't doesn't suit that part of the show you're you're pushing it in the in there is is, that's totally yeah that's exactly what it is and and like it's sort of a i mean it's also the the constant battle that I think performers in general have is that like and comedians especially is that we obviously we want people to like us so much (laughs) like we just we want to be adored and part and you kind of need people to like you obviously otherwise you can't make any money (laughs) but like but um but it's also like trying to balance this like the your the performers need to be adored and loved as as much as possible throughout the show and then thinking about like, what are you actually like trying to communicate? And maybe if you put aside your need to be adored just for a second and then we can like actually there's space for the audience to actually think about what you're saying in, in a different way. If I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, just trying to like 
yeah, balance it, that. It does. I might, I, I, that just made me trigger a question that I saw you did a show that's, and I've, I've seen you do uh, club sets. So it's basically just good song after good song after good song. <laughs> Which isn't to say that your shows don't contain that, but you've got shows, you've got, you've got a set that just gets, you know, a song that's got laughs and, and, and has a message but has laughs and all that kind of thing versus just the show and the difference being sort of like just making the greatest hits versus making a, a story that has a narrative to it. Yeah, totally, yeah. And that's the, that's the choice you're going to make. What are you aiming to do? Yeah, and... Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's just thinking about what the purpose of the show yeah. is and, and like, because, you know, I'm like deep at, at the core of everything. Like I'm a songwriter and musician and singer. Like that's like, I love comedy so much, but I know that what drives me is like, it's always music. And, um, and so it's like, there's that's kind of always the 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 driving force of everything and that sometimes the songs are you know yet yeah, don't fall into that comedy like yeah. like we said before that um like laughing out loud all throughout the entire song and and yeah it's 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 really just about what's the kind of point of the whole show and and yeah well let's go back a step then so uh, music <laughs> you, you you were into music before you were in the comedy industry? Yeah, so I sort of spent like, I guess, seven, eight years. It's, oh, I can't keep track of time anymore. But from, <laughs> um, I guess like sort of when I finished high school, I started doing a lot of like cafe type gigs, just playing covers and stuff at cafes and restaurants and um and then I started playing with bands and I was mostly just playing in cover bands and with people that I went to uni with um and then I was doing like playing in like wedding bands and I did that for a really long time pretty much up until the pandemic started and um were, were, you, were, were you trained at school or did you go to university yeah I, I studied um I studied jazz at university <laughs> Um, Why are you laughing at that? That's not that. That's cool. Jazz is cool. It is. Yeah, jazz is totally cool and definitely still very relevant to the world. Um, uh, it was yeah. So I studied uh, music. It's like jazz and contemporary music. Um, and then I uh, was yeah. Sort of while I was at uni, I started to write songs, um, and it was mostly in the kind of like because you know because I was studying jazz I was really into yeah. all of the the like jazz influenced kind of stuff like the at, when I was at uni it was mostly a lot of the Erica Badu D'Angelo ah, like yeah. Jill Scott like all that kind of stuff which was um you know a lot of people at uni were kind of into that sort of the new soul stuff yes and, um and so a lot of what I started writing kind of, I was really wanted it to be like that style of music. And, um, and I did, I released like an EP, um, and an album in a, over sort of like, in like 2012 and 2016. And I kind of like was moving into to comedy 
slowly during that time. I think I started comedy in like 2014 was when I did my first ever comedy spot. I'm interested to know there though, when you were writing those jazz influenced songs, was there, were you accidentally or just finding that a natural writing notion that you were writing any comedy, um, musical comedy kind of pieces at that same time? Um, that's a very good question. I did, I think the first time I wrote a song that was, it's not, it's not so much like a, it's definitely not a funny song. It's not a comedy song, but it's sort of, it was the first time I leaned into like the silly, quirky type of, you know, stuff. It's like a song of mine called Girls and Boys, which was on the first EP. And it's like, it felt like the first song I wrote where I was like, yes, this feels correct. This is a little bit, it's not, it's not so serious. Um, There's a couple of little, you know, like there's so many acts like this that are, that have the quirky lyrics in there that it's not something that would necessarily make you laugh out loud, but it's, it's also not a super serious um, song. Um, And so that was my first EP. And then I think when I was working on, the album I had already started doing comedy and I think to me like that album which is called modern times is like I can I remember showing it to a friend of mine um sort of around when I was about to release it and he sort of said that he he's like I can sort of tell that you're not quite sure what you what you are right now like it's sort of there's definitely moments in the album where it's like this feels a bit too silly for the rest of the album and then there's some serious songs on there as well, but yeah, there's a it. It's kind of there's songs on there that are that, sh- that are shifting in between, like leaning more towards like sillier and 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 quirkier. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That and that wasn't an uh, an intention because you weren't trying to make a comedy album, but that was where your writing was going. Yeah, yeah, and I I do think that I was. Like, I didn't quite know what it was. And then, you know, because my problem, like what I always do is I'm always like, oh, I have this idea and I want to do it right now. And then I just do it straight away. And then like a year later, I'm like, ah, you know what I could have done differently is this. this." (laughs) Um, So that's, that's kind of usually been been my, my approach. Um, So, so yeah, so I, um, everything I've done a year later, I'm like, I can think of three things that I could have um, made it better, but you know, them's the breaks. And um, oh, uh, well, after you've recorded it and you put yeah, it out yeah, there, like oh. <laughs> so that's that's the difference between comedian. That's, that's just a stand-up. We just rewrite the bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody's any the wiser. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah, do well, remixes, dude. Have you ever heard of those? Yes, I could remix the ent- like everything I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. Oh. Yeah. Um, I do, I and I, that's something that I think is really cool about um, comedy as well is like this kind of um, the way you you work and refine it, it in a totally different way than you do with music. Like, uh, and I, I mean, I tend to not. I don't always use that comedian approach of like I do it in front of the audience and then based on the feedback that I'm getting, I change stuff, but I, but it's like, it's nice to have both types of writing, pro- like both types of uh, processes 
at hand. How, like how to, do you mean? So you have your your own feeling of well, like something's good, and then when you put it on, when you try it on stage, you you you're still trying to get a sense of where the laughs are, or where the where the toe tapping is, or what the feedback is from the audience. Yeah, like I do. I feel like I do that for some songs, and then like to see if, what the response is. Um, but then there are some songs that I'm like, no, I, I feel like pretty, I just, this is what it is. And I, I don't think I'm going to change it, which is also probably, you know, maybe not the best (laughs) approach either, but, um, yeah, it's just nice to be able to use both of those tactics, I guess. uh, How do you you know you're happy with a song? Um, I, that, that's a good question. I've never thought about it. I think I just sometimes depending on what kind of song it is. Um, like maybe if it's a more of a story song and not so much of a yeah. laugh per 15, every 15 seconds kind of song. It's like, um, I just go like this, it feels really correct. And I mean, and again, that's what's great about having worked with my friend Desiree. Like, you know, I, like I have maybe like one or two people that I very much trust their they'll give me a really honest opinion and I also know that they know what I want to express because again it's like people will give you different feedback depending on what you know their feedback doesn't necessarily reflect what you're trying to do and and the comedy room feedback is always the laughs like that's what that's the feedback that you're going to get. And if that's what you want to know whether something's funny, then that's the best place to do it. But if that's, if you're trying to figure out other stuff, you you know, you can't always work that out in a comedy room, if that makes sense. I don't know if that sentence made any sense. But... No, yeah, I, I, I think I know. It's just feedback in general is a hard thing because I think yes. there's, there's the feedback of what somebody else wants to hear versus what, you want to get out of the piece having having those people who can sort of know what you're trying to say yes that sounds very unique yeah that's, that's great to have it's very helpful uh, yeah uh I, I made a note just with something that you were saying about um jazz actually there's a, there's a quote that i'll have to look up um you would know John Clark, who's um, sadly passed away a few years ago. Yeah. He had a, a quote that was um, to Brian Dorr, his offsider. He said, what we do is jazz. And it's all about the rhythm do, do you, uh, of that delivery. And I know quite a, a few comedians talk about that that's important, the rhythm that you deliver something in. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when you're making a laugh, is, uh, if you're writing a song that's about laughs or something, is that what you're looking at? That that keeping the the punchlines on those rhythms and all those, and and maintaining that structure, I guess, with that. To- yeah, totally. And there's like a lot of with songs. Um, I think what I've learnt from doing music comedy is that like there's a lot of times where you sacrifice. Um, musicality to get a laugh oh, like really? when, when something is too clean and and musically good like i'm uh, trying like 
as in if there's a point at which there's a, a line where you're expecting a laugh, there's sort of a lot of the time you don't want to deliver that too musically perfectly because that gives the cue to the audience that it, yeah, if you deliver it with a little bit of like, you know, um, you kind of sing it a little bit off or you, or you, the leave. unexpected, you deliver yeah. the unexpected and yes. that triggers a, a humor response. Yeah. It's like the audience knows that that's, or like, and speaking of rhythm as well, like if leaving um, extra space that is musically incorrect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> obviously. Um, but then there's also times when it just feels wrong to like, because the audience also knows when you're asking them to laugh and I don't, and audiences don't like that either. Like the audience, I think, wants to feel like they're deciding to laugh, like it's their idea to laugh at something and they're not doing it because you're telling them to do it. That's a really good point. <laughs> audiences like to think that they've thought of everything. But, um, <laughs> but so it's like there are times when if I leave too much space and if it's it's like it's too uh, obvious that it was meant to be a laugh and the audience, it's like it's sort of, it's like I'm pushing for a laugh. So it's like, yeah, it's playing that, with the expectation. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I'm sure this has a name and I'm sure that there is like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I read in Stuart Lee's book that he noted who possibly was the first person to do this, but I don't know who, who did it first, but the stand up comedy thing of like, you say, a joke or you say something funny and then you immediately start the next sentence and then leave a space after that. Like, so, you know, blah, 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 something funny anyway. And then you leave a space there and then people laugh in the any, after you say anyway, because it's almost like you've, you're acting as if you haven't said anything that funny and yeah. they're deciding that it's funny. And I feel like there's a musical way of doing that as well. So that, the audience isn't feeling like you're like looking at them like, huh, wasn't that funny? Huh? And then they just, <laughs> uh, yeah. You've got to appear serious, but the serious person with their pants down. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is normal. And oh, are you laughing at this? Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've lulled them. You've, you've tricked the audience into the laugh that you, you yes. want them to feel like they control. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was their idea Ooh. to laugh and yeah. Like when to like, like the trailing off, you know, musically trailing off at something. Um, so that again, it's sort of, it's like the, the pretending to lose confidence in something and then the audience can laugh at that. But again, all of it done as if, Oh, Oh, I didn't. I mean, that's, I guess that's what stand up is right you're, you're constantly trying to pretend like you're not trying to be funny and that it just happens to be that you're so funny even yeah though clearly you've put so much work <laughs> into making it funny but there's there's that element of like oh oh yeah I guess this is kind of because like there's nothing less funny than someone trying to be funny you know that's like one of the least like when someone's trying really hard yeah. to make you laugh it's like that's extremely not funny so it's like all these tricks to make pe make it look as if you're not trying that yeah anyway no is, is that i'm just imagining that with music is that why you can you can 
sort of work in, in that world because what you're trying to do is deliver a song. What the audience isn't expecting is that it's going to make them laugh. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, tr- yeah, it's trying to like, um, yeah, like leave enough cues that they know that it's funny but not make it so obvious. <laughs> this is, no, this is really good because, sorry, I've got to say, this keeps reminding me that um, <laughs> I listen to classical FM, ABC. Yeah, classic. And during the comedy festival, when the guys got up there, uh, on was on the um, uh, ABC classical saying, "Can music be funny?" And he was trying to find little jokes in Beethoven and Brahms <laughs> and things yeah. like that. And he was really struggling. <laughs> yeah. But he was like, oh, if you knew what, if you knew the dispute between." Brahms and I don't know if they're even alive at the same time. But if you knew the dispute and the sort of copying that was going on between them, you'd know that was funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's the same thing. I don't really know any mic drop sort of yeah. saying anyway after. <laughs> I, I was – I have, like think about this a lot, like, mu- like pure musical comedy. Like that's not – it's not lyrical comedy. It's like the jokes are in – the music and I mean obviously like I don't know if like Victor Borg is someone who has like um it's like taking the conventions of every aspect of like classical music and the kind of the 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 sort of pretentiousness of it and then kind of like you know so much of his comedy is is not done with words it's like physical comedy or it's um and I I'm trying to think of which gags are actually like you know where he, the the gag where he's has a sh- piece of sheet music and he starts playing like and then he's like what's going on uh-huh. and then he turns it upside down yes. it's like that like that kind of stuff which is like it it only works because we all know that piece so well but it's like the jokes are musical and he sits down with the confidence because he, he, he plays that so well. You think yeah. it's on purpose, but he's everything's wrong about it. Yeah, yeah. And you've all been – you would have thought he would know that the sheet was upside down. He could yeah. read music. <laughs> he's a phenomenal pianist. How could he not know that it was upside down? Um, Just bow yeah. ahead anyway. <laughs> play, the, play the audience as it lies. Yeah. <laughs> and Yeah, it's like that kind of – uh, because he like he also it's like he clocked music in his 30s or whatever like he was like yep I've I know everything about music now and he's just this incredible incredible musician and then because like the the humor is in part because of how amazing he is yeah, that he okay. does he does something amazing for a second and then stops doing it to do something very silly and it's like, you know, I think I've only seen one clip of him where he actually gets through an entire piece and you're like, and it's just so, it's beautiful, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, it's like the, the kind of the juxtaposition of how, how good he is as a pianist and then the, the absolute it, silliness. Is that the importance then to do that, to do just music in general, but uh, comedy, I guess, is to be really relaxed with the the content i mean everybody's going to be different but 
the more you feel in control of it, the more you can play around with it, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's how I definitely feel that way. And I, I mean, um, I know that like there's a lot of different approaches to music comedy. Like some, a lot of people come to music comedy from a comedy background and then they've kind of, yeah, it's like sort of the opposite of me where they're like so incredibly like skilled and experienced as a comic. And then they're kind of the music part is, is like a little less, it's not quite the same level as their comedic experience. And, but because they're so funny, they can carry the, like the musical part along with them. But, um, and so that, and that works really well. And like, it's, it's really cool seeing people do that because they, because there's a lot of times where I feel like because I'm so, you know, I've been playing music for so long, like there are certain things that I probably wouldn't think of because I'm just so familiar with music in such an in-depth way that like the idea of using it in a different way doesn't come naturally to me. Whereas someone who maybe approaches music uh, okay. in, in like a less, I haven't, they haven't studied it as much. They might like come at it with this really funny, like almost childlike way that is just really enjoyable and, and like way funnier and does it, yeah. Are, are you but, saying that you look at it, you, you look at the music first and they might look at the comedy first? Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the just different mindset and like where people's backgrounds are and like, you know, um, how to, cause I guess so much of comedy is also like taking something that exists and, and, deconstructing it in a certain way and and why that's you know the humor in that in like taking conventions and then messing with them well and, i do, do want to quickly quickly ask that so how do you approach writing do you look do you look at an idea and then like you said deconstruct it or do you just get a piece of music first and see what you can do with that or where, where does it start with with songs specifically like with writing a song yeah Oh well, um, whatever the inspiration is you've got, I guess. But yeah, um, usually it's like there's if I can think of like what uh, um, like the idea of the hook or the I like the what the song would be about has to come first. Like you know, so um trying to think of an example but of course I can't think of any of my own songs but um you know like that uh, you know I had like a bunch of um 90s boy band pastiche stuff in my last show and it was like the idea being like I want to write um Backstreet's Back but like but as if it was from a band that was like it's like a cheap clearly a cheap imitation of Backstreet Boys and so I called them like Jack to Jack. And it's like, so there's just this, try, you know, so I've got this idea of the song is like, I know I want it to be um, kind of sending up a style of music. Like that's kind of one approach of going like, I'm trying to kind of satirize this okay. style of music. But yeah. then there's also just like, oh, I've got this, you know, I saw this, you know, this thing that looked really funny and I've just got a clear idea of like, this is the theme of the song and then it sort of builds around there. So I don't usually write music and then add lyrics to that. Definitely not for like sort of funny 
songs, like maybe for less funny songs I might do that, but usually it's like there's a very strong idea of what the whole song will be about and then I sort of write it from from there. I suppose that's where you, you, uh, my brain would be thinking that you, you get the idea and you try and write a music that suits the mood to, yes. that goes with that. Totally, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, there usually has to be some pretty strong, like, lyric, you know, like, what's the purpose of this song? What's, like, what's the joke of this? Like, what's funny about this song? And it, it's like, is it funny because it's imitating boy bands so then you have to just take every cliche of that genre and like you know and then, or is it you have like, to listen oh, to a lot of boy <laughs> bands and really immerse yourself in the culture <laughs> yeah in the in the glorious culture yeah, of yeah. late 90s um, yeah 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 boy Do, bands. doing your top two buttons up in your shirt and then the bottom <laughs> part fly all out um sadly like that era of music is so deeply ingrained in me that I don't <laughs> I don't actually have to listen to it at all because it's, it's just it's part of who I am because I grew up in the 90s. So, unfortunately, I can't change that, no. which is sad. No. But, um, hey, mate, yeah, I, I, yeah. I know those references. Don't worry. I was around <laughs> that same time. Um, but, yeah, so it's always like – it's kind of like with writing a show as well where, you, where I was just trying to think like what's the – purpose of this show yeah like what's the kind of overall goal of this whole show and it's like that with songs like what's the purpose of this song like why does this song you know need like need to exist and and that helps me sort of figure out like how to you know how to write it start to finish it's, it's like because you're just always thinking about like what element of this is funny or what element of this is important and what are you trying to communicate? And You keep um, turning, in a way, you keep turning it over, like any writing, really. You keep turning it over and, and prodding it to see what's needed about it and what yeah. what works and Definitely. Who, who's the characters and all those things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're sort of out of time, so I'm going <laughs> to ask you the question. that I, I used to start off, the first few episodes of this, I'd... Um, ask people this question as the intro question but now I've, I've stopped doing that so now it's become the exit question oh okay cool <laughs> the exit question is why comedy why did you get into comedy uh, uh, you said that you know music was always a, a passion but you why Murph, why, why what's what's the comedy hook where did that get you um i think the big appeal to me about comedy was that the audiences are listening like, that was, like, a really big – like, when I started doing comedy, it, I had no plans to continue doing it. I just – it was more of a bucket list thing. I really just wanted to try it and see what it was like. Yeah. As it is for – I'm sure many people start off that way. And um, and then I, I just became so – I just kind of fell in love with how the audience is just actually listening to the words that you're saying. And, like, that's the whole point of – comedy yeah. is that they're there to laugh and because of what you're saying and as a songwriter who was you know like writing songs in more of that indie pop sort of world i i found it like i couldn't get that same type of listening audience that i 
immediately found in comedy and like on like in my you know from my perspective I mean I think there's a lot of stuff in my comedy shows that it's like that is not necessarily funny but but like the audience will kind of go with me usually and it's like they're they're listening and like that's really appealing to me um and no, that, that that hikes back to something I, I wrote and didn't ask earlier because you you mentioned you re- did some covers bands. Yeah. And I, I wrote there, cover bands are well, not cover bands are successful. I wrote that cover bands basically get a lot of jobs. There's lots of people asking for cover bands all the all the time, and you don't have to constantly write your own songs. No. Do your own things, <laughs> but comedy is harder. But you're saying that the appeal to it is the fact that you, I guess in a way, you do have to, it's not just sitting there in background music like a cover yeah. band, not to yeah. dismiss a cover band at all. I know people who actually work, play cover Some bands. Some of my best friends are cover band musicians. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Like it's, and, and I, there's a lot that I really actually love about that job as well, like playing, you know, in wedding bands and like there's, there's something really nice about providing a service and yeah. that it's not about you. You're actually just there to make people have a good time by playing music. And it's quite a really nice, like you go to work, you do your job and you come home. And I actually really love that. And it's, it's nice for that, that, that you just like, you know what songs to play and you're playing with usually really great people that are really nice to hang out with. And it's quite a, it's it's really a lovely job in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, like that in terms of writing songs and writing, um, you know, being someone that wants to write things and perform those things. It's like the, the comedy audiences were sort of had, they were sitting and listening to the words and it was like, well, this is so, I'm getting so much more yeah. back from them. Um, and I feel like, you know, I, lyrics are very important to me and, and um, it's, there's not in the music world, it's like, there's not, not that you can't write meaningful lyrics in the music world. Of course, like so many people are doing that all the time, but it's, I just found it really hard to find those kinds of places where you could just write songs and people would just really listen to the words. Um, yeah. I'm sure they, those places exist. I just wasn't able to find them until I started uh, doing comedy. Well, it sounds good that you found. I was, I was going to call it a niche, but because <laughs> it's a, I think it's an industry that needs you. It's a, it's, you've got a you've got a good voice, and you well, not just in terms of singing, but <laughs> what you what you write and say is is really great stuff. Oh, well, um, shucks, thanks, shucks. That's all right, but. <laughs> Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you found the, uh, that, that ability to just find that, that, that comedic voice that you, you had early on that you didn't really <laughs> seem to explore until you just kept going. That's great. Yeah. Oh, thanks Luke. Yeah. It's, I mean, and I should also say, as I'm sure you're aware of this as well, that like getting laughs from an audience is so cr- like in just ridiculously addictive like it's so addictive and as well and oh, i think that really 
<laughs> How good is it when when you think you've written a joke that no one else will get, and then yes. they get it? It's 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 like it's like nothing else. It really and it and there is like it, it's so um like powerful, especially when for me like writing when I started writing more material about you know mental health stuff or things that I was struggling with and just hearing like such a visceral response, like the hearing from the laughter that other people are going through the same thing and that you're not alone. And like, that's been the most, I think that's also what drew me to comedy is like, the reason I write songs is like to make sense of things that don't make sense to me in the world. And like, and I put them in songs and it's like wanting to, hear if people feel the same way and then in comedy you do get that feedback and it's like it's just so powerful and and sorry to be all you know cheesy and cliche here but yeah there is that laughter is just like the sound of you're like we're together in this like we're not we don't have to deal with this alone and like that's been one of the best things for me to have ever it's just it's just so incredible that is perfect. No, I'm, I, we can le- we can end it on that. That's that's <laughs> that's a yes. great takeaway. Oh, cool. That, thanks, Jared. Catch you, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that was another good episode. Thank you for listening to Dissecting a Frog, presented by Comedy Victoria. To support this podcast and hear about upcoming gigs and opportunities, become a member. Visit the website comedyvictoria.com.au and follow on social media. At Comedy Vic. You can track down myself, Luke Morris, at Luke Morris Ha. But please don't take all this comedy talk too seriously because, as EB and Catherine Wright wrote, humour can be dissected as a frog can, but the thing dies in the process. <laughs>